you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description. Welcome to Mindshock True Crime. You are listening to the Maura Murray series. This is episode 32, Maine. And we will be going over the rumors, reports, activities, and every anything and everything that has to do with the state of Maine in relation to the Maura Murray case. I am your host, Bruce McGuire. And Maxwell Powers. And as always, if you like the podcast, you could donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. If you like the video, hit the like button. Feel free to share it across social media platforms. Any questions, comments, suggestions, theories, thoughts, insults of any kind, just drop them in the comments section. You could also like our Facebook page and check us out at Twitter, Reddit, Patreon. Okay, Maxwell in light of all the developments with the search at the house, which we went over on the previous two episodes, the strangeness surrounding the press conference, the very, very bizarre behavior of Strelzen, who didn't seem interested in any kind of uh, comfort or respect to the Murray family, and none of it really makes any sense. And we will be going over recent developments with that as well, and Billy Roush in the coming episodes. But for this one, this is one that I've wanted to do for a while, because there was some strange activity in Maine from the get-go. I'm sure with your immaculate memory, you'll remember every single instance Maine was mentioned, but we have some new ones today. So, so far, where are you at? What do you think? Like, do you think that the whole search by the New Hampshire State Police and the FBI at the house was a complete sham? Or did they find something there earlier and then covered it up? What's the deal? Um, I don't need, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. That's the same thing you said last time. You don't know what to think. I mean, that's going to be your new mug. But I thought now that you've had some time to mull it over, you might you might have some theories. Well, I'll put out some theories, but they're so nonsensical that you'll just probably say something like, how do you know that or something? Or <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, well, right now, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with something as we talk. Max Army. All right. So, in our, in our earlier episodes, we actually went over a bunch of Maura Murray sightings after her disappearance. And we examined them for veracity. Most of them just seem not really like there was a lot there. Just not a lot to go on. No follow. I mean, there's just really not much. But we, we didn't talk about Maine too much. So there was there there were quite a few sightings of alleged sightings of Maura Murray in Maine. So we'll go over them again and see what the deal is. And and with all these sightings, I'm not sure how much the police investigated, if at all, on a lot of these. So we really don't. By the way, the most bizarre one was probably the one in the library by Alvin Olson. Do you remember that one? <laughs> That wasn't in Maine, that was in Massachusetts at, uh, I believe it was either at the UMass Library or or uh, Amherst Library or somewhere around there where he said he saw someone who looked like Maura. <laughs> yeah. And that would be a year, what, a year, two, three years later after her disappearance, so not, so yeah. But, uh, okay, so 
There was, so she was sighted at a truck stop, at a main truck stop, uh, supposedly not too long after the disappearance. Once again, these are just online reports and rumors. As far as I know, I don't know if any police reports were filed or the police were contacted to investigate at all. These might just be people either being honest or mistaken or just making stuff up for whatever reason online like some people do. So we don't really know. So if she really was at a random truck stop in Maine, does that mean she pitched out of there? And if that's the case, why the bizarre cover-up at Haverhill? Why the bizarre cover-up at UMass? What do you think? If she just hitched a ride out of there, do you think there would all be all this shadiness with security? I mean, maybe there would. If she was into something else, if she was a CI or involved in some kind of illegal uh, or some kind of police drug trafficking operation or an operation that had one or two police officers involved in it, they, they need to cover up the operation so I guess they'd be shady about it. I don't know. What do you think? Because if she wasn't involved in anything and she just hitched a ride out of there, do you think law enforcement action is justified the way they behaved and continue to behave? Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Did you not understand the question? You're saying, like, um, what, uh... <laughs> I just said it twice. I repeated it just for you back to back before you had a chance to forget or ask that you didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> um, Okay, do you know the details yeah. of the Maura Murray disappearance? Yes, like supposedly Saturn crashed or some shit, but it could be, it's possible that she wasn't there. And then. Yeah, but so if she hitched a ride, so let's say there was a crash, let's say she was at the act, the final resting place of the Saturn. Let's say the official story is true for the sake of argument. If she hitched a ride out of there, got to Maine or wherever, do you think law enforcement would be behaving the way they're behaving from the get-go and now, both in Haverhill and at UMass? Mm, I don't know. I mean, if... Um, like, they're, like the whole... I don't, zero, I don't think... SUV 001. Cecil Smith said he was in the SUV. Then there was all the weirdness with Witness A. If you haven't checked out our wit our Witness X podcast, we go over all the witnesses and their stories. Why would they deny that that why would they say the vehicle was out of commission? Why would they make the oxygen show and, and have interviews with the police with all their mix-ups of the stories with Monahan? Like, why would they do all that if she just hitched a ride out of there? Does that seem right? I mean, I don't know. I'm asking you what your opinion on that is. It seems like there would have to be something else going on for them to do, be involved in any kind of cover-up, right? If there is a cover-up. Yeah, okay. well, if he hitched the ride, there would be, like, there's... there's uh, they they wouldn't be... I, I, uh, I don't know. They, they would just be, like, clueless. <laughs> I mean, they have redacted sections from the police log and that look like... Well, not just redacted. Like, they look like they have deleted sections. Like, it's... There's a lot of weirdness going on. Would that all be going on if she just hitched a ride out of there? Uh, possibly not. Um, because they would just have, they would have nothing. <laughs> yeah, there'd be nothing to cover up. That seems to be the logical answer. 
But, okay, so supposedly Streaked Mountain in Maine, that's, there were some sightings reported in that area. Now, why is this area significant? Because we have Bill Roush. Bill Roush. Do you know who Bill Roush is, Maxwell? Do you know who Billy is? Yeah, it's a ex-boyfriend or some shit. <laughs> well, technically, it was the boy, her boyfriend at the time. Obviously, uh, it's up to speculation if they broke up that weekend or all the his manic phone call records. But Renner, I believe Renner was the one who originally released uh, Billy's uh, phone bill. And on his roaming calls, he supposedly, his location, he passed through the following locations while searching for Mora, beginning February 11th. Burlington, Vermont, Streaked Mountain, Maine, Lebanon, New Hampshire, Concord, New Hampshire, and Rutland, Vermont. So he went to all these places. Now, once again, so Billy arrived in Haverhill, New Hampshire on Wednesday the 11th, Wednesday, February 11th. So right away, he's not in the area. And we talked about this countless times. I'm sure you remember. He's not, he's not in the area where Mora disappeared. He's going to all these other places. He's going all over New Hampshire and Vermont. It's kind of weird, right? So he's really far away from the final location of the Saturn. Yeah, so yeah, we've, we've always known that he was far away when Mora was disappeared. Yeah, so did he go all the way to Maine? And if so, why did he go all the way to Maine? Yeah, why is it? What? Why is it? Nobody knows. I'm asking you. He's search. He's looking for Mora, and it seems so. We went over this scenario. One, since all of the police and the major search is going on in the immediate vicinity of where the Saturn of the Saturn's final resting spot, maybe he thought he couldn't really assist much because there was so much being done. So he thought time would be spent trying to expand the perimeter and putting up missing posters, you know, far and wide, just in case. You know, either she got away, someone took her. I really don't know what he was thinking. So, but he's, Billy, it seems obvious that Billy knows more than he has said. Now, whether or not that's related to how she disappeared or why or any of that, that's up to speculation. But it seems like he definitely knew what was going on before she left. Because remember, she wasn't picking up his phone calls, then he's calling Kate Markopoulos' dorm room when Mora was possibly there, because then she calls. I mean, there's a whole bunch of strange activity with the calls. We've gone over it many, many times. I'm sure you remember all of it perfectly, right? So... <laughs> I don't remember shit. <laughs> Maxwell Army. <laughs> so, he's he's searching far and wide. Now, the other thing suspicious about him is that it's his only alibi, per se, or corroboration for where he's searching and why. Because Renner actually floated the idea that he might have met up with Mora afterwards somewhere if he knew where she was heading. And then obviously some of the darker theories are, because then we have the whimpering phone call that was Mora, and then that law enforcement tried to pretend it was a Red Cross call. So the only thing we know for sure is that it wasn't a Red Cross call because it was made with a calling card and can't be traced. So 
it seems like it could have been anyone anywhere but not the Red Cross. So, and we went over that in the ping pong episode. You could check that out. There's some very, very strange names that keep popping up on the law enforcement side that have to do with the London Perry, the London Dairy Ping, which also happens to be the guy that seemed to want to get everyone to believe that the whimpering call was simply a Red Cross informing. Billy, when that was not necessary because that was all done through Billy's mother, Sharon Roush, anyway, and there was no need to contact Billy. His emergency leave was already all set up anyway. So it definitely wasn't the Red Cross. So if he did meet up with Maura or he knew she was in trouble, and we go over this as well, if Billy's the good guy and he knows that she's in trouble and her trouble might involve law enforcement, he calls up, you know, one of his mentors, uh, Bob McDonald at West Point, and they come out because you originally didn't think it was strange that West Point professors would just come out and start interviewing neighbors for a DUI walkaway. Then when we talked about it some more, you seem to have admitted that that was strange. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a pretty good argument. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of it is kind of weird. So anyway, so if 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 Billy knows there's some kind of law enforcement connection, there's one crooked cop. Like once again, there's there's no need for this crazy conspiracy. It's like one or two bad people who may or may not be law enforcement so or connected to law enforcement maybe they're not even law enforcement but they have some kind of weird connection or maybe there's even some kind of military connection who knows we really don't know all we know is that everything that night was very very strange and there seems to nobody really seems to want to release any info after the fact so if billy knew something was up and he was trying to help her and so then maybe they did meet up i mean the, I mean, I don't think that that's what happened because it's it's kind of strange. It just doesn't seem like that would happen. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not Billy. I don't know what happened. So, but if he's looking for her, if he has a good idea of where she's going, and that could be as far as Maine, it is strange that Bob McDonald says he was with Billy. I mean, once again, we can't corroborate that. But is there another clue that lies in Maine? Because Sharon Roush, Billy's mother, actually said that she was with Billy in Maine searching. So if this is true, would this have been without McDonald or with McDonald? Because they had mentioned that they were staying in a motel room together. So was Sharon also traveling with them? Because McDonald never mentioned this. So these are either constantly changing stories or we simply don't know. So, and if, if Sharon Roush was searching with Billy in Maine, I mean, why are they in Maine? Because Sharon, I mean, it seems like everyone else was closer to the crash site, except for Billy and McDonald. What do you think? Um, um, uh, I don't know. Did you hear what I just said? Um, something about McDonald and Billy Roush at, not at the crime scene. That's all you got? Uh, I, I forgot what, what your point was. My point was that there's not really any corroboration of what Billy was doing in Maine and Sharon Roush, his mother, allegedly was searching with him in Maine. All of this is alleged, of course, uh, but we don't know. Wait, searching, uh, Billy Roush searching with McDonald, the professor? Well, that's what I said, we don't know, because McDonald said it was just him and Billy but I don't think he was specifically referring to Maine. He was referring to the other areas, like 
the rest of New Hampshire and Vermont where they were searching. Nobody ever mentioned Sharon being with them. And I don't know where the original... Uh, John Smith said that someone told him that Sharon was with him in Maine when they were searching in Maine. So we don't know if that was also with McDonald. It seems like it probably wouldn't be also with McDonald because, yeah, that just seems, I mean, it could be. We don't know. We don't know anything. <laughs> this is the most baffling case. This is why we're so many episodes in. And it should have been solved a long time ago. And none of these pieces add up. That's what makes this case so puzzling. Like, none of this information makes any sense. And there's almost nothing that's a hard fact. Like, 100% factual, verifiable fact. We have almost nothing. And nobody wants to talk. It's weird. It's weird. You ever, you ever heard about another case like this, Maxwell? No, this is messed up. Like, there's not... There's... Yeah, it's everything half baked. <laughs> half baked. <laughs> if you ever do a podcast show by yourself, you should call it half baked. What wasn't that a movie? Uh, I believe it was. I didn't see it yet. Is that a, is that a stoner movie? Is that your favorite movie, Maxwell? <laughs> um, uh, no. Yeah, the other thing that seems kind of weird that it, we didn't specifically talk about. So Billy is. Billy's searching, obviously he searched hospitals, I believe he had said that, or that's just a normal place to search for when there's a missing person. But some of these places, we have Burlington, Lebanon, Rutland, Concord, Streaked Mountain. So Rutland is between Burlington and Stowe, which are pretty popular ski areas, and the Berkshires. And there's Killington, Pico ski areas, there's a lot of ski areas in those in those places now we haven't specifically talked about this we will be getting into this more but um so Alden Olson he seems to be coming up a lot he posted that ski ticket video remember we talked about him on the I believe we talked to, we might have talked about this twice but we definitely talked about this in the Alden Olson episode he posted some video with ski tickets where I guess he was insinuating that either he was with Mora or there or Mora went to Breton Hills. So there there was a ski passes in Breton Hills, which was very bizarre because I mean I don't know what he was insinuating. And then of course there's the Loon Mountain three connected to Loon Mountain. There's a lot of activity around ski mountains that's connected to this case and there was of course the umass ski team and we will be getting into who was on it and all of the strangeness with the umass ski team and their comp and their competitions in proximity to uh where more went missing some so there, there's a lot of bizarre stuff but he's checking all of these areas that also happen to have ski mountains is that a coincidence did mora make some kind of plan to go to a ski mountain as part of the getaway and somehow he found out about it? Is that why he's searching all these areas? Or is that simply a coincidence because in this area there just happens to be a lot of mountains? What do you think? Mm, could be anything. <laughs> oh, that should be your next mug. Maxwell Powers. Could be anything. <laughs> all right, let's get crazy. Let's get very, very crazy. So... 
We discussed this on one of the earlier podcasts, but apparently Moore Murray's social security number was used in October 2004. Used for what? So we don't really know, but apparently Rick Graves, an investigator for the family, he apparently ran a check on it or something like that was the official story. So if we trust him, that's what it was. I mean, it seems, I mean, I don't know. It seems like that adds up because that's what he said. And yeah, he lived nearby. So it's, uh, it kind of checks out. It's just a weird oddity about Maine. So obviously, Mind Shock is about being comprehensive and upturning every stone and going down every rabbit hole, no matter how unlikely it might seem, because this is definitely an unlikely case. So we just really don't know. But that's just, you know, one in the oddity pile. And even more bizarre, so Seiko Maine popped up a lot. So there were there were a lot of people on the internet from Seiko with Seiko Maine IP addresses commenting on the case, making reports about sighting. And coincidentally, do you want to know another coincidence, Maxwell? This one is quite mind-shocking. Do you know who Sarah Alfieri is? Um I forgot. So this was one of her one of the this is the co-worker from the art gallery that Mora worked with. So this was the party that she was at the weekend before her disappearance. It was Sarah Alfieri's party. Sarah Alfieri supposedly did one interview then never wanted to talk again. That's Renner showed up on her doorstep. She said she wasn't allowed uh, to talk to him or supposed to talk to him. And then uh, she slammed the door in his face and she looked really nervous. And then, uh, yeah, so a lot of bizarre stuff. So Sarah and Kate Markopoulos were her friends at UMass. Renner thinks they know what was going on, whatever. So apparently someone did some uh, registry searching and they found a Sarah Alfieri in Seiko, Maine. So I don't know how popular that name is in Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and those areas. So again, supposedly people said this was another Sarah Alfieri and not Sarah Alfieri of UMass and the Moore Murray case. I'm not sure that's been 100% verified either way, but I don't believe Sarah Alfieri was from Maine, so it does, once again, this is another one for the pile where it does seem like it wasn't that specific Sarah Alfieri. So, yeah. What do you think? Weird? Not weird? I mean, the it's just, uh, you know, some oddities. Oddities and coincidences that are just stacking up like crazy. Okay, let's get really, really, really crazy. Okay, so this is an excerpt from the Republican paper, and it's about a police, a former police chief, and his name is Tom Shamshack. And he was involved in the League of Private Investigators on the Murray, in the Moore Murray case. This excerpt reads, Shamshack, who is the former police chief in Spencer, said he had spoken to Murray's friends, family, acquaintances, and boyfriend. He said detectives from Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine will use all public records associated with this case. 
He said the New Hampshire State Police have done a considerable amount of work on the case, but the volunteer detectives have the time to re-examine leads. Shamshak and his colleagues looked at the case with a fresh set of eyes. Based on their investigation, Shamshank said, it appears just based on what I have reviewed with the other investigators from New Hampshire, Maine, and Vermont that are part of the team, that this is something beyond a mere missing persons case. Something ominous could have happened here. Ominous. What do you think about that, Maxwell? Um, I completely got lost there. What a shocker. Do you ever not get lost? I don't know. It's been getting worse every every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it should be getting better because you should be familiar. He said that he, well, first of all, he's dropping some bombs here. So he's saying that there are investigators from Maine involved and that also that detectives in Maine are working on the case as well. That's kind of strange, don't you think, Maxwell? Why are detectives in Maine working on the Maura Murray case? Well, that's not too bad. So they're trying to help out. What's wrong with that? Well, I mean, nothing's wrong with it, but normally, unless there's some actual evidence of activity in their state, normally police, like with no connection, what police in other states, and we're not talking about the investigators that are helping out from Maine. He's talking about detectives, unless he's talking about private detectives. Mm. If he's saying law enforcement, we will get to uh, law enforcement in a second. But if law enforcement was involved in the case, actually, might, I might as well drop it here. James Renner actually listed law enforcement agencies that were involved in the case. And we have Oxford County Sheriff's Department in Maine which is also where Streaked Mountain is located. And these were, I believe, also released as some of the documents on the Maura Murray case. I don't think it was just James Renner. So Oxford County Sheriff's Department is a law enforcement agency which is listed in agencies involved in the Maura Murray disappearance. So is there evidence that she was in Maine? Because why would they get, it, it's, it's kind of strange. So Shamshack is saying, by the way, that's a pretty cool name, Tom Shamshack. He's saying, if he's talking about law enforcement detectives from Maine using public records, or he's just talking about private detectives, I mean, we don't know. But he's saying something ominous could have happened here. He, he said, this is something beyond a mere missing person's case. What does that suggest to you? Is he suggesting foul play here, or is he suggesting something beyond foul play involving a police officer? Like, the word ominous is what he used. Hmm. That's interesting. And keep in mind, the League of Private Investigators, they, they determined that the final resting spot of the Saturn was a staged accident scene. It was staged. We went over this on multiple episodes. I'm not sure if you remember. Yeah, um, yeah. The, well, everyone knows that it didn't hit a tree. It's just it's ridiculous. So 
But not only did he say that, he said it was staged. So not only was it not a, like it just hit a snowbank or something, he's saying the whole scene was staged as if somebody either towed it there or it was set up to look like an accident. That was their, their findings, which for some reason, many investigators in this case... That's, that's very telling, like a detective in Maine said that. The League of Private Investigators concluded that. I don't know if Shamshack specifically said that. That was, I believe, uh, Frank Kelly was the investigator who said that. I don't know, John Healy, Frank. I'm not sure if Healy said that. I think Frank Kelly determined that, but they were all working together on that. So, because the, the New Hampshire League of Investigators were 10 retired police officers and detectives and the Molly Bish Foundation, which started working on Morris' case in 2006. So Tom Shawshank was a former police chief and a member of this licensed private detective association. And he said it was something beyond a mere missing persons case. Something ominous could have happened here. Well, what does that lead you to believe, Maxwell? Um, that there was a staged set. I don't know. Not a DUI walk away? <laughs> Most likely not. So he also said this. Shamshank has concluded that only two scenarios could explain what happened to Murray. Either she was picked up by someone driving on the road, or she walked to a nearby house to ask for help. So that's what he said. That makes sense. So, and this this group of uh, private investigators, they're experienced. Shamshank worked on the 1971 rape and murder of 13-year-old Kathy Glotty from Franklin, New Hampshire in 2009. So anyway, these guys have experience with crime. So this, this group of investigators believes that this is beyond a mere missing persons case and ominous. So does that mean it's not a simple abduction murder either? Because, like, why are they saying this? Because if this was a staged accident scene and there's some kind of law enforcement involvement in some capacity, would that account for this extreme bizarreness in this case? Yeah, I guess so. So John Smith actually worked with Tom Shamshank. So this is his post. Uh, he posted this on Reddit. I worked with Tom. That's a that's a that's a funny name, man. <laughs> yeah, Tom Shamshack. It's kind of cool. Sham Shamshank. Uh, Shamshack. Shamshack. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a tongue twister. I worked with Tom Shamshack back in 2006 during the search with the dog teams and their handlers, as well as the group from the New Hampshire League of Investigators. I was very impressed with Tom. He is a person willing to think outside the box and work on every possible scenario. One of the days while we were having the search, he actually had a class from one of the colleges in Boston, Massachusetts, that was doing part that was there doing part of their thesis on missing persons. So that's pretty interesting. So uh, John Smith is is saying Tom Shamshack Shamshack <laughs> is a uh, is a good detective thinks outside the box, works on every possible scenario. So people actually asked John about what happened to the uh, League of Private Investigators because New Hampshire started their cold case unit in 2009. So John Smith posted this, the New Hampshire League of Investigators just seemed to fade away. I am not sure exactly when they did depart the scene. None of them joined the New Hampshire cold case unit. 
Wait, so, wait do people do people expect, expect them to join? Well, they, I mean, these are either police officers or former police officers, pro licensed private detectives. I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, that was just information that he provided. Because if they did join the cold case unit, they would have some, you know, they, they would be experienced specifically in the Mormon case since they worked on it for a few years, like three plus years or whatnot. Mm. So anyway, the conspiracy minded would immediately think that the League of Private Investigators got too close. And New Hampshire had to uh, form their own cold case unit to get rid of this league because, you know, they're saying the accident scene is staged. They're going around interviewing people. If, if something they found out was connected to either law enforcement or someone politically connected, it might have not even been law enforcement. Like, what if somebody's politically connected to the, you know, the governor or whoever or, or some staff member of the governor and... It's there's just so, so much. So you're so you're saying they started that league to to police themselves? You mean the cold case unit? I mean I don't know. I don't know. If there's a lot of shadiness in this whole, we'll actually be doing an episode on the people behind the scenes in the case and some of these investigators because some of their connections are also, uh, shall we say, dubious. <laughs> you can't trust anybody in this case. I mean, one of Renner's statement from the Oxygen Show. Have you watched the Oxygen Show yet? No. I've only seen like the first half of the first episode or something. Well, good thing you're doing a podcast on the case and we're in episode 32. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah, so we have Renner, or not just Renner. There's uh, Oxford County Sheriff's Department in Maine, where nearby Streak Mountain. They're involved. What does involved mean? That could also mean that there was a body found that needed to be identified, I guess, because that happened in Ohio, too. If you haven't checked out our Ohio episode, you can check out our Ohio episode where supposedly there was a body that needed to be identified and it turned out not to be Mora. So the police, a police agency would be involved in that. So if they did have a body or remains that were found there, it's just Bizarre that it was Streak Mountain where Billy's cell phone hit. So just stacks and stacks of anomalies and coincidences. Okay, let's move on to Claude Moulton. Because there's no shortage of people with connections to Maine. So do you know who Claude Moulton is, Maxwell? I forget. Who is he? So that's the guy that lived in the A-frame, and his brother supposedly said that he killed Moore Murray, and he turned in the knife he, to, to Fred Murray. And Fred Murray tried to, well, we went over all that whole scenario where law enforcement took the knife, but originally said they, they didn't know anything about it. And then they said they have the knife, but they didn't result, they didn't, it was a bloody knife, and they didn't release any results, so they just took it, nobody knows what happened to it. Another weird part of the case. And Claude Moulton, I believe, was did take a lie detector test, and I don't believe they ever made those results public either. And so supposedly one of them was on his day. Supposedly he died, but then he's not dead, and there's all these different rumors. Uh, so he's still alive. And anyway, so that was the A-frame situation, where they found blood chips in the closet. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I remember the knife that wasn't... Um taken into evidence or something. Yeah, well, Cla yeah Claude's brother was the one that turned it in, and then supposedly they were both, like, yeah, there's a lot of weirdness with that whole situation. Claude Moulton's ex-girlfriend, who was, I, I don't know if, what, she was 17 at the time or whatnot, so some people believe that she was Maura's stand-in because she looked exactly like Maura. Do you remember that? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she apparently moved to Maine, and Claude Moulton might have also, and then other locals also moved to Maine. Now, Maine's not that far, so by itself, it might not mean a lot, but... Here's what John Smith said about Claude Moulton. He lived in New Hampshire at the time, and his step-parents lived in Bradford, Vermont. Claude worked for a company called Jetstar in Haverhill that was a scrapyard and salvage business that also did business with a company in Maine called Lincor. So... Yeah, so if he, there was also some other trucking company involved, I believe. So people who think that Claude Moulton, like they could have disposed of the body if they threw it on a truck and took it to Maine or whatnot. There's a lot of weird theories out there. We went over some of them in our local rumors podcast. But yeah, Claude Moulton, yeah, Claude Moulton is one of the suspects in the case. And uh, there's connections to Maine with Claude Moulton, and then his ex moved to Maine, and we actually read some of her posts where she said if he was involved, or from other family members that said if Claude Moulton was involved, his ex-girlfriend might have been involved as well, and other rumors that Claude Moulton was friends with uh, Cecil Smith, and weird things like that, and Lavoie, (laughs) with that whole toe situation. There seems to be... There seems to be a weird situation with every single aspect of this case. I mean, it's mind-boggling, mind-shocking. What do you think, man? You think there's a connection to Maine here? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maxwell Powers, <laughs> always with very useful contributions on the podcast. <laughs> so you have so, no. Wait, so wait, wait. What, what do you th- what do you think? I mean, what's going on? I think it's weird. That's what I think because, I mean, some people float theories that that law enforcement, that Haverhill, they knew even then that that the scene of the accident with the Saturn was not Mora's last known location. So obviously that doesn't mean it was Maine. That doesn't mean it was Ohio. We went over this speculation that if they knew she went, they seem to think she went to Ohio early on. So. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought she went to Maine as well. So to round out the episode, I mean, there was also other sightings. There were sightings of Maura Murray in Maine with Quebec plates. So more than one. There was a number of sightings of Maura Murray in a vehicle with Quebec plates. And I believe there was also one sighting in Florida of her with Quebec plates. All coincidences, like why Quebec? I mean, I don't know. Again, rumors that she went to Canada. I mean, James Renner actually was, you know, pushing that theory early on. So did she first go to Maine? So Fred Murray apparently has uh, has a friend in Maine, which again isn't surprising. But if, uh, if Maura got to Maine stayed there for a bit, then went to Quebec. If she stayed there with her, maybe someone helped her disappear. If she was in a CI situation that was really bad, and if she uncovered something where law enforcement were involved in either, I don't know, some kind of drug or illegal situation, we don't know. If that happened and she had to get away, start a new life or whatever, or attempted to, and somehow Billy found out about I mean, we don't know. if Maybe Billy set it up for her with military connections. 
Maybe Billy's the good guy and he was scrambling around trying to help her out get a new identity where law enforcement wouldn't know. So they still don't know. So if it's all above the pay grade, we don't know. We really don't know. It's all pretty bizarre. We'll take a look at Billy Roush in the next episode. New developments and also old information that has not been gone over in an attempt to make some connections here. But I'm just saying, if she, if somehow she did get to Maine and stayed with somebody, friend, some friend, or whoever, or whoever helped her get away, maybe she met somebody who had some resources, we, we don't know, a new boyfriend, whatever. If she got to Maine, then she got to Canada, and then she went back and visited that individual, and that's where the sighting was of her in Maine with Quebec plates. So maybe that sighting was real and the one in Florida was mistaken. Or maybe they were both real and she vacationed in Florida one time. She really did move to Quebec because there were sightings there of her in a workout studio. There were sightings of her in the park in Canada. I mean, maybe they were all mistaken identities. Maybe they were all real. Maybe half of them were real, half mistaken. So obviously the the strikes against this theory is that, I mean, it's kind of, it seems weird that she wouldn't contact her father. Unless if she if it was really that dangerous of a situation, but I mean, it must have been really dangerous for her to still be in hiding. Or you know what a real you know what theory we didn't float. Um, some people believe even I think Renner thinks that she might have been killed later in the week, so she did she wasn't killed on the ninth when she went missing. So she either escaped the area and was on her own for a few days or whatnot. Then if somebody killed her afterwards, we didn't float this. If there is some law enforcement connection or some kind of higher up connection or not, just whatever, random criminals. What if she did escape to Maine and then Canada and then she was killed a year or two or three or four later? Which is why she's still missing today. Uh, I see that. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's not cool. It's just a good theory. It's deep and disturbing, but we're just trying to connect dots here because I don't know if anybody has ever theorized that because if she did escape, if the situation was that dire that she couldn't inform her family, if she was fearing for the safety or if somebody's giving her wrong information that's telling her her family's in danger. Because some people say that she would never have done that to, uh, to Fred and uh, Kurt. But if she really believed that their lives were in danger, would she have kept it a secret? I don't know. I'm not her. I'm just speculating. I'm just theorizing. So if she was alive for a year or two afterwards and then she was planning to return when either something blew over or there's an investigation that we don't know about, does that account for it? Is there an FBI investigation currently investigating possibly certain members of law enforcement or people with political connections, and it's it was hoped to be solved, and then she'd be able to come back afterwards? We don't know what the situation was. That's the problem. Too many missing pieces. But if they somehow, if she went to visit the friend in Maine or elsewhere, after, you know, a year or two or three or four after... You know, they might have, uh, there might have been some weirdness there. Maybe, maybe some, maybe she was killed years later. We really don't know. We really don't know anything of this case. So you asked me what I think. I don't know. I think everything about it is strange, including Maine. 
I think Maine is, is strange in this case, and there's a lot of unanswered questions. As for Shamshack, he uh, apparently he no is no longer keeping up or following the case, and he yeah. So John Smith, he said he he kind of dropped being involved in the case a while ago because it's interesting because um, I actually asked John Smith this on uh, on the Mindshock Reddit. John Smith also said he discussed many different scenarios with Shamshack. And I asked him if Shamshack had kept up with the case because he had spoken to so many people involved, family, friends, Billy. And I was wondering what his current thoughts are with all the new information. And John Smith said that he dropped out of circulation on this case many years ago and that he hadn't spoken to him in years and he wasn't certain if he was still aware of what was going on with the case. So, you know what's weird, though? There was a, there's, I don't know why I thought this, but I, I don't know if I just read other things about Shamshack and Maine and, and some other people, but I remember people bringing up the insinuation that Shamshack was not necessarily scared off the case, but he thought, once again, he thought something ominous had happened, but if there was some kind of police involvement and he felt that it was a dead end to continue with the case because it can't be solved because of some kind of either law enforcement connection or high up government official connection that they were preventing it from being solved. Not necessarily because they were complicit in what happened to Mora, but if it, if it concerned another case which we went over this many times, if there was an FBI informant involved, if there's some kind of undercover operation going on in that area that had nothing to do with Mora, but she stumbled into the middle of it, if Shamshack is one of these guys who thinks that the case can't be solved because that needs to be resolved first and it's not being resolved, or not yet anyway, so he kind of just maybe viewed it as a dead end. I remember people speculating about that. Uh, I don't know if it was on an older Reddit thread or an older forum, but what do you think about that? Uh, I missed, I missed it. What would you say? It's getting bad, Maxwell. Basically, I don't think you followed a single point I made this whole podcast. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's getting bad. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is wrong with you, man? I don't know. You say something, and then you ask me, and then it erases itself from my brain, like as you're saying it. <laughs> That's real bad. How do you function in re in like real life? Uh, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like early onset dementia or some shit. I think I looked that up and it was I don't know. I forgot what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now, I don't know. Sometimes you seem completely acute and aware. I guess it depends on the podcast, but um like like I I hear every word that you say. Like you say it, I hear it. And I listen, and then, and then, as you ask me the question about the five sentences that you said, all right, I'll make it in it, one. You know, you know what's weird. You know what's weird. As as you ask it, as I'm trying to retrieve each word backwards, it erases itself. It's weird. It's like it's like suddenly disappearing as I try to grasp each word. <laughs> Let me try to do one sentence to give it less time to disappear. If Shamshack or some of these other investigators, if they are, we're led to believe that uh, either the FBI or there was some kind of higher government agency involvement that prevents this case from being solved because Mora stumbled into something. 
Not that, not that the police were responsible for her death in any way, but she stumbled into something with some kind of a high level clearance and they don't, and they believe it's a waste of time to continue researching the case until that is resolved. Is that a question? Yes. Um, well, that's the point. Do you, what do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have no fucking idea. Do you understand what I said? So, something about Shamshack fucking investigating and shit and um, let's something say, about... Let's say the FBI was doing some kind of an operation that night in Haverhill. Okay. The FBI or the DEA, whatever. Maybe they have an undercover agent there. Maybe Mora gets hit by the undercover agent in, a, in an innocent car accident. Okay. So they can't ever reveal the other agent. So what if something weird is going on where they ordered Haverhill PD and New Hampshire State Police to stand down and not investigate the case because there's another agent involved whose identity can never be compromised. So if Shamshack or other investigators, if that's what they believe happened or not, that I mean, it's question mark. I just threw that out there as a possibility. I don't think it's that. But if it's something like that, where someone is involved that's connected to something else, and an investigator might think it's fruitless to pers to continue investigating the case because of that. Oh, like like you would like if you dig too deep, you'll you'll get in trouble yourself. Not in trouble. It's just the pathways are blocked. All the record they're not releasing any of the records. They're not talking. Oh, like so so no they get up. they get so they get tired of it and leave like they're exactly. just like yeah, yeah. it's like fruit yeah. So if if they believe it's fruitless to continue because. It's been blocked by a higher agency. Uh, uh, so you, so you think these detectives went to other paths? I'm not for saying low, for I'm lower saying, hanging fruit. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they, for whatever reason, they might have believed it was fruitless to continue. It was dead ended. The investigation was dead ended for whatever reason. Yeah, I gotcha. So I, I was just saying, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's something that could have happened, or? Or do you think they just got tired of the case or they just moved on to other things? I mean, we don't know. Obviously, we don't know. But if you were a researcher, like... Yeah, it seems, it seems reasonable. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's rough. I mean, the same thing might happen to us because, like, nothing is turning up. We might just focus well, actually, on anything or something. There's actually new info all the time. What are you talking about, Maxwell? They just did the search at the house. There's inconsistencies. I mean, there's so oh, much yeah, more information yeah, to work yeah. with. Yeah. Which is why I asked John Smith about Shamshank because, or Shamshack, because as someone who was involved early on, who was actually entertaining every theory, it'd be interesting to know his thoughts, especially because he had spoken with Billy as well. See, I think we need more guys like that back on the case to solve this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, so I hope uh, everyone out there has uh, been thoroughly mind-shocked with more information about the state of Maine and how it relates to the Moore Murray case. Plenty of unanswered questions in regards to Maine and the case as a whole. Uh, in the next episode, we'll be going over with new developments with Billy Roush. If you like the podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you like the video, hit the like button. Feel free to share it. Like our Facebook page. You can also check us out. Uh, Twitter, Reddit, Patreon. This is Bruce McGuire signing off. And Marshall Powers. See you guys next time.